1: Hey everybody, welcome to Que Golazo, we have Jimmy Conrad and James Bench as we celebrate our 100th episode And we'll be talking about, of course, Manchester United going top of the table We discuss Thursday's action, including Arsenal versus Crystal Palace, Supercopa de España and Copa Italia and so much more Stay right here, because Que Golazo, 100 episodes begins right now Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Go Lasso. Jimmy Conrad, James Bench. It's our 100th episode. I get to use my sound mixer again.
2: <laughs>
1: Love it. Jimmy Conrad, how are
2: you, bud? I'm excited uh, for this 100th episode. I got you something, Luis. People can't see it on the podcast, but it's a little tiny trophy. Oh, oh, and it's, it says, uh, you're number one. So
1: I ready pass it over. And I'll just, I'm
2: going to pass it over. Here you go. One, I don't know. Two, three. Grab it. Grab it. it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so congratulations, <laughs> man. You, you, uh, get to pass all of the credit to other people, but, uh, you're the glue that keeps this whole thing humming. So, uh, fair play to you, Luis, all hundred episodes.
1: I appreciate you, but this is teamwork, baby. And part <laughs> of our team, of course, James bench bench. How are you, sir? I'm
0: great. I can't believe we've done more episodes than The Sopranos. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say Community, but uh, they've done 110. But I'll let you know when we've done 111.
1: They did. They did. Uh, and we'll have a better ending than The Sopranos ending. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I kid, I kid. But welcome, everybody, to Kego Lasso. This is our 100th episode. Amazing that we started at mid-October, and we've just kept going, delivering you, uh, to you everything, the beautiful game, betting, analysis, fun, fun, fun. But of course, let's talk about now, uh, as we preview Thursday's action. Um, listen. Before we do that, uh, I want to quickly talk about Manchester United, uh, top of the table, the first time after 17 games since December 2012. It's been such a weird season. Let's begin with you, Jimmy. Manchester United, top of the table. Well done, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Well done. Uh, what do you make of it?
2: They're so good away from home. I mean, they are excellent away from home. There's just something about them. They, they're cool, calm, and collected. Thought a real professional performance against Burnley. Uh, yesterday and uh, I think now I'm curious what happens with Paul Pogba I'll be honest yeah I think he was resting Fred and McTominay for the big match against Liverpool this weekend and what do you do with Pogba he scored a fantastic goal you know when he plays with confidence he he is a difference maker we all we all know that World Cup champion of course and and uh, super talented world-class ability does he always fit into every single lineup that Ole Gunnar rolls out no but I'm curious now as to what you do. You have – this is a good problem to have, obviously, as a manager. You have a lot of options. But uh, I wonder now, because he's a hot hand, scored the game winner. That could be one of the biggest goals of the season, frankly, right? They needed that, that confidence boost to say, hey, we can be on top of the table in this league. We are good enough. And now it's, I'm curious to see what, what that turns into heading into this weekend against Liverpool, who have now have had nine days of rest. This is the longest stretch for their whole season where they've had a, a, more than a week. to to relax and prepare for a game. So this is going to be a cracking affair and and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It makes that game this weekend so much more exciting. James Bench, you've been fighting off Man United fans on Twitter. How did you feel about that win? And of course, now United top of the table.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was really Man United this season where for a lot of the time I was quite underwhelmed, but they just throw so much individual talent at these problems you know, the problem with Burnley, well, if Marcus Rashford can pick out a cross like that and Paul Pogba can hit a volley like that, it doesn't really kind of matter that much. That <laughs> you don't have an identity, that you don't have a system, that you don't have a midfield that kind of really functions. Um, you certainly don't have a midfield that could go into battle against Liverpool's strongest midfield. And all that just sort of counts for absolutely nothing because you've got half a dozen top quality attackers who will continually bail you out. And that's all fine. Like Man United fans will listen to this and think this is a criticism, but actually, sometimes the best thing to do if you've got this attacking talent is hand the keys over to them. Don't worry too much about you know building a a system that that can kind of carry you through any ups and downs of form. Just trust that if Bruno Fernandez doesn't win the game, if you, Paul Pogba will, and if Pogba doesn't, Rashford will. Um, I don't think it's enough to get you a title, especially when City start rolling, but. It's, it's going to be
2: really fun. It's going to be a roller coaster of madness. I have a question for both of you guys because I got asked this by a friend and they said, do you feel like you can really win a Premier League title with Harry Maguire and Lindelof <laughs> as your centre-backs? And I was like, well, you know, they're not Rio Ferdinand and, and Nemanja Vidic. You know, they don't have that type of presence. And I feel like you do. And, and when I look at Harry Maguire and when I look at Lindelof and Bailly and when those guys step in, they're doing well this particular season but they don't really look like Premier League winning center backs, in my opinion. And I was kind of curious as to what you guys thought.
1: Well, if J.R. Smith can win multiple
2: NBA titles. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, done. (laughs) Done. Enough said. I'm out. out.
1: No, listen, like, uh, to be fair to Harry Maguire, uh, he, he's been improving and he looks much better these days. I mean, there was one specific moment yesterday when he was just driving up the final third, like he was Bernardo Silva. It was kind of like <laughs> crazy and he, and he didn't give the ball away. So you got to give them in credit, but I, I do want Benji's answer to that. But also it's funny because from both of you talking, I felt that, the. Uh, um, the the appraisal was more towards the squad as opposed to Olegana Solskjaer. Is that a fair assessment? Or can we say to Olegana that he has imprinted something? Because I be, I agree with you, James. I, there's no identity yet still. It's more about relying on the ultra ridiculous talent that they have. I'm not taking anything away from them. They're top of the table. But is it more because of this squad just getting it together as opposed to Olegana Solskjaer being a tactical genius? That goes to you, Bench. And then Jimmy, you can add, of course.
0: I I actually so the thing is, I think Tolsha's coached individual games quite well uh, often this season. I mean, the, for me, the prime example is when they absolutely destroyed RB Leipzig because he spotted that the you know there was a weakness in midfield um and he packed that center with a with a diamond. I thought he
2: got his tactics right against Man City as well. And leads. Throw leads in there. I thought he, he outcoached Bielsa yeah. for sure in that one.
1: But then you have yeah. the loss to Istanbul, the ridiculous destruction against Tottenham. So it's like, it, it's so inconsistent, which mm-hmm. is why I was on HQ like a bunch of times, you know, one week I was praising them. The other one, like criticizing them. I know that both of you were doing the same thing. So I'm just, I'm, it's very weird to me. And obviously, I know and Ghana social will be the first one to say, it. look, it doesn't mean anything that we're top of the table right now. Right. But it is commendable to a point. I'm just trying to figure out, especially from what Bench said, like, you know, when one player doesn't, you know, deliver another one will. And is it is that it is a success more because of what they have as opposed to what social is doing?
2: I'm going to jump in and say that. I think Ole Gunnar seems to manage very similar to Sir Alex, who seemed to be more of a man manager, right? He was more of a player whisperer. He was trying to get and push the right buttons for his players. And we could argue he's done a very good job. Rashford and Martial have really blossomed, I think, and have taken bigger steps in their career since he's been in charge. That said, that might have happened anyway, right? As they get older and a little bit more experienced, you know, who's to say how much credit Ole Gunnar deserves for that? I worry about who the right-hand man is. You know, they've got Carrick, they've got, you know, he doesn't have a lot of experience. Um, they're bringing Darren Fletcher in as well. I think Mike Phelan might still be there, but, but I, I, I just feel like Carlos Kiros back in the day for, for Sir Alex was the one that was really running the tactics, was really, you know, implying the style. And then you'd have Sir Alex that was man managing. I don't know if they have that tactical person who's that number two, strong number two that has is creating that identity to Benji's point. That's where I think they're lacking a little bit in terms of how do they move, uh, what they're going to do. And until they can lock that in, then we're going to still get a lot of these individual performances and, and hope that they, you know, somebody steps up and plays well. And if they don't, you know, then they, then they struggle and then they lose games that they shouldn't. And so, I don't know. I, I find it pretty interesting. Uh, maybe the balance of the coaching staff is a little bit more of an issue than we're discussing or have so far. Yeah. Benj? I just... You know what? It's sometimes it, it,
0: it's all just so this, this sport in England in particular, it's so silly. It's kind of defined <laughs> by much. Arteta was talking about this in his press uh, yesterday, and I'm sure we'll come come on to talk about this, but it's, you know, this is a game that's defined by swings of one goal. It's not, you know, it's, this isn't NFL. This isn't basketball. You can just get lucky for a season. And I think luck plays a much bigger part and, Man United might get lucky. Man United might get more penalty. It's it's the penalty thing. It's the Man United win a disproportionate number of penalties because they have fantastic attackers who run at defenders and draw fouls. But they've also been lucky with a lot of penalties. Both of those things are true. And I, I look at Man United and I just think, and this is, you know, it doesn't feel like good football analysis to say this, but maybe this is just a year where things break in the right way for them, you know, like Liverpool's defenders break in the right way for them and then you know other teams drop points they shouldn't and then you only need to be a seven out of ten team to win the title and I don't think it'll happen I think City will do it but I I, I can certainly now see a world, a terrifying world, where Man United
2: win the titles, <laughs> by running their club. <laughs>
1: e- even more than Tottenham? Imagine if the, Tottenham did it, the, the shade oh, that Bench totally.
2: throws at Man United is awesome. I like, know. It, I think so you guys awesome. are a good team, but you lack identity. I don't even know what the hell is wrong with your team. It's amazing.
1: All right, well, let, let me Well, let me ask this. Just final one, quick. Like, has the um, I'm sure you have uh, your picks for winning the Premier League at this point. Has it changed a little bit, Uh, Jimmy? Who Who do you have? I know that we just heard James Ben City. You think City will win it, Jimmy?
2: Yeah, I think City's probably the favorite right now. They've locked things down defensively. I think that's the most important thing. I think that was a big point of emphasis heading into the season, and they've proven it. They're the best defensive team in the Premier League, and now they're starting to find that balance of, hey, we can also score a lot of goals, right? We still have a lot of talented players. And once they start to lock in both of those things, it could be lights out for everybody else. So I like City, too.
1: Yeah, so Ben, you're, you're City, too, right? Oh, Definitely. Yeah. Um I'm sticking with Liverpool. I don't I don't know why I just I respect
2: it. I respect it.
1: Love my my come up.
2: All right. Uh
1: so that was Manchester United chat. Uh feel free to send your angry tweets, United fans <laughs> at James. St- and-
2: straight to Ben <laughs> James Bench. <Page. laughs>
1: we will be right back because now we will go back to the games that will happen on Thursday. Stay right here. Welcome back, everybody. Get go, lasso pod. Our 100th episode with Jimmy Conrad and James Bench as we preview now Thursday's action. Not that many games, at least from a European perspective, but some important ones. Let's begin, of course, in the Premier League. Jimmy Conrad, we have a London derby here. Arsenal against Crystal Palace.
2: Yeah, so the the basic line uh, straight up for Arsenal to win is minus one seventy five. So they're the favorites coming into this. The draw is plus two ninety five, and for Crystal Palace to somehow eke out a result, even though they've been struggling, plus five twenty five for them to win. They do have Arsenal's number a little bit, I think, over the last uh, couple times they've competed. But I don't know if I really see it. Arsenal in good form; they've won four on the trot. And what I really think has been most impressive from Arsenal's perspective is the clean sheets. Uh, they've given; they only have they have three out of their last four games. They've scored ten. Uh, and only given up one, and that was against Chelsea. I think that Chelsea game was a big turning point for them, gave them some belief, and they went out and started beating teams that they should beat, and I know it took them – into extra time to beat Newcastle. And if Andy Carroll wasn't Andy Carroll, maybe they would have lost that one. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to get into any Newcastle talk, all right? I'm a little bitter about that whole situation because <laughs> they lost to Sheffield United yesterday, which is embarrassing. That was the first Sheffield's first win of the season. So so I really like what Arsenal's got going in this one. I can kind of see a 2-1. Would I really like Obama Yang scored against Newcastle? I think that's going to be good for his confidence. I'm going to stick with the hot hand here. I like him to score. Arsenal to win either 1-0, 2-0, or 2-1 at plus 480. Uh, I like that one a lot. But if you're feeling, okay, Aubameyang might not be your horse in this regard, you can still do the same thing and get that same score lines. Lacazette's plus 360. Uh, Smith Rowe has been excellent. He scored against Newcastle as well. That'd be plus 1,000. If you're feeling another younger player, at plus 650. So I think any of those players will will hit the score sheet just no matter which horse you want to pick. Uh, and I do think they're going to win. And uh, it's going to be another good day. And Arsenal is going to have five on the trot, which is going to be good for their confidence uh, heading into the rest of the month.
1: Great stuff there, Jimmy. James Bench, the latest on the squad, and uh, Arteta as he looks ahead to, as Jimmy said, another win and hopefully a continued run here for the Gunners.
0: Yeah, it's it's all going swimmingly for Arteta. I remember we were talking quite literally less than a month ago about whether he was under pressure and he wasn't at least internally but now uh you know the squad is is growing i think jimmy was really right to hit on this defensive point he's found a pairing in, in pablo marie and um rob holding i think they cost a combined six million pounds and they look excellent a bit slow but he can bring in gabriel he's back from covid thomas parte back again and um a, you know he is going to be a transformative player for this team. He made, you know, Arteta was keen to say he makes players around him better. And I think that's such a, a rare, special quality um, and something that Arsenal needed in midfield. Even Gabriel Martinelli, he won't be fit, uh, but he might be available for uh, Monday's game against Newcastle. So it's all coming up, uh, all coming up roses for Arsenal. I love love the look of their attack right now as well. Um, the defence has got praise, but I think with Lacazette in form, there's so much you can do with it. You've got Saka wide on the right and you've got Smith at the 10, two great young players. Aubameyang is looking better. He's getting into goal scoring opportunities. It's it's still like the service has not been up to the level that it has been in past years for him. And I think that's really why we've not seen him scoring, but If Lacazette's doing it for the time being, that's, you know, that's great to roll with, uh, you know, those two hot hands. Um, It's a strong team and I can't really, I can't see them not winning this.
1: Yeah. And with the return of Thomas Partey, that also adds so much as well. Lacazette, by the way, looking happy, looking confident, And like me and Aaron West said a few weeks ago, all I needed to do was just shave his head, just like admit to the fact of your receding hairline. Just shave it, just go all out and you'll be happy and content. Listen, here's a question uh, for both of you, Jimmy, let's begin with you. One of the things I think that have benefited Arsenal in Europa is probably this now, the fact that the young kids were playing in Europa from the very beginning, getting experience against older opposition, different opponents. And I think that you can see the fruits of that labor now I mean, people like uh, you know Emil Smith Rowe, uh, the De Bruyne from Croydon, right? Uh, Saka, etc. All these players that are young, but like because they're playing against different types of opposition older players etc this is now helping them in the premier league right now what would you say to that? Uh,
2: are you saying different or easy that might might have been the easiest uh Europa League group I've ever seen and, and they handled it with a aplomb don't get me wrong they did they, they did the business and beat teams that they should but to your point uh that's me throwing some shade at uh Benji's arsenal but I would say yeah. that uh it was a good opportunity and at some point when we do talk about Liverpool probably tomorrow as we preview the big games over the weekend, I think they've benefited. The silver lining of having a lot of injuries is you have to throw people out there you might not throw out there in a normal season when everybody's healthy and you see what they're made of. You see how they handle uh, adversity, how they, how they make decisions under pressure. And I think you get to see that in, in Ketsi is a good example, right? He had a good run out in the Europa League. He's gotten his chances and he hasn't really taken them. So cool, we move on to the next person. You step up, Lacazette's now starting to find his form. I thought Pepe was excellent in the Europa League group, group stages. So you can kind of see what he's, he's made of. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's all a, a big benefit. For me though, when I look at their schedule, they got Crystal Palace. They play my Newcastle next. These are games that they have to win. If they really want to get in the top half, again, uh, in the table and really start to say, hey, listen, we had a slow start, but we're figuring it out and we're going to finish in the top six. These, they have to win these games. Like there's no If they drop any points here, it's going to be much harder for them to gain those points as the season continues. So I'm curious to see if Arsenal, and they've done it so far, they've won games recently that they should win. Can they continue to maintain that? Because if they drop points, you're going to get back into that Arteta. Is he good enough thing? Maybe we should have hired somebody else. And they just need to move away from that. And yeah, I know the ownership group seems to have done that, but the fans have it, right? They the, the Arsenal mm-hmm. fan TV in particular make a great deal of money when Arsenal loses, you know? So, so because more views, more people are watching when they're upset. So it's interesting. The whole, the whole like just the dichotomy of Arsenal, both on and off the field, and and uh, kind of what motivates everybody that supports the club.
1: Yeah, well, with a win, and obviously, depending on the actual score, they could go to 10th uh, above West Ham. Uh, both of you have victories. What are your exact score lines? You said 2 1, Jimmy. Is that what you said?
2: I'll say 2 1. I like Aubameyang Yang to score. I think he's just going to kind of build off of that confidence he got against Newcastle. If they win 2 1, you go exactly that or 1 0, 2 0, 2 1, and Obama Yang scores and Arsenal win. It's plus 480. I, I like that value a lot.
1: James Bench, your predicted score line here?
0: I'd say 3-0. I think they're
1: playing really Ooh. good football. I think they're going to win this quite comfortably. Yeah, nice. well that would be really good for my fantasy actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. let's uh let's move on. Uh Spanish Supercopa. Uh Real Madrid facing Athletic Bilbao. What do you have for us there, Jimmy?
2: So uh, first and foremost, I want to Kyle, man, I feel bad for Marcelino. He took over Athletic, maybe the worst time. He played Barcelona first. He was supposed to play against Atletico Madrid. The plane couldn't land, so they had to delay that game. And now he gets Real Madrid in the Spanish Super Cup. I mean, could you pick three worst games to start with in your career uh, as as a manager? He lost 3-2. I thought they win at Barcelona a little bit. I was impressed by that. But Messi's starting to be Messi again. So uh, And being in peak form, so that's always going to be tough to, to defend. Maybe with a little extra rest now because Real Madrid did have to go to Osasuna and play, and uh, Zidane was pissed about it, Thibaut Courtois was upset about it. They had 70% possession, had a couple good goals that were called offside, and just they got 0-0, they only got one point from it. They're a little, they're a little upset, and so I'm curious as to if that's going to carry over into this one, Athletic, probably still trying to find their identity. Under this, I like Benzema to score. The last time these two teams played, it was 3-1. Benzema scored twice. Now, there was an early red card for Athletic, just so there's that caveat in there. And and Benzema scored late when everybody was tired. But he hasn't scored in his last three games. I think he's going to be primed and ready to go. So I like him to score anytime plus 115. I like Madrid to win and both teams to score. I think Athletic will hit the back of the net. I like Iñaki Williams a lot in particular. That's plus 240. And then if you want to kind of combine those two, Benzema to score, Madrid to win both teams to score is plus 450. So that's kind of what I'm looking at, and I'm centering a lot of things around Benzema because I think he will – he's a little dry spell, but I think he's due.
1: Yeah. James Benz, you wrote this preview for the website, uh Real Madrid going for that 12th Supercopa. How do you see this one, especially as Real Madrid also has, you know, the headache of trying to catch up to Atleti in La Liga? How do you see this one?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that continues to fascinate me, and I know I've brought this up on the pod before, but um Eden Hazard, injuries are unfortunate. And I think... In, a normal, in normal circumstances, you get a bit of time to come back and he's had a few games off the bench and started and was pretty woeful against Osasuna. The problem is when you're wearing that number seven shirt in, at Real Madrid, when you're the left winger who's sort of basically the successor to Cristiano, there is no time, there's no time to ease in. And it's been 18 months now and, you know, Real Madrid did not sign Eden Hazard to, to give him an 18-month run-up to show his best form. He's getting on for 30 or is he 30 now? Um you know, it's getting a bit worrying and a bit frustrating. And I think he will know how quickly the Spanish press can turn on a big name like that. And I think Zidane was asked if he was going to be the next bail. Um, I'm just looking here. Marca said he was cold and anonymous uh, against Osasuna. I think a lot of Real Madrid was, was anonymous and the, the whole game was quite cold. Um, Literally. He, yeah. yeah. He worries. He worries me. I, 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 he wouldn't have been the player I'd have signed back then, 18 months ago. They should have bought Son. He wouldn't have cost much more and he's a much better player. But I don't want to really let get that. I'd just love to see Eden Hazard do, do well because um, I've seen a lot of great Eden Hazard performances and goals, um, often against Arsenal. Uh, it's a shame. It would be a shame if we don't see that in Real Madrid because I know it meant so much to him to show his best in that, in that white shirt.
1: Yeah, well, uh, Real Madrid, uh, you know, has, uh, they are unbeaten since December uh, 1st, Jimmy. So you would think that that also will favor them, as you said, in your lines as well. But, you know, we all want to see another classical, right? So I, I guess that's what's happening here. Uh, Real Madrid to beat Atletico. And to your point, Marcelino is still trying to figure out, you know, the strategy, the exact uh, uh, situation that he wants to do with Athletic.
2: Yeah, I think for me, with regard to just focusing on Madrid for a second, is who starts. I mean, I know it looks like Hazard is supposed to start in this one. Uh, Vasquez probably will slot into the right back. I think Carvajal is going to be out for this with Ramos back on the team. And the guy's a winner. Winners win, and he's been doing it for a long time. Even though, as I've mentioned many times, he does dabble in the dark arts of defending. But, you know, that's part of his charm, I'd like to say. So I'm kind of curious. Fede Valverde, I think, will be pushing to get back into the team. But they've been pretty good without him uh, since he's been hurt. Uh, Casemiro has been very solid. Uh, never really gets the respect that he deserves. I think Cruz uh, and Modric, I think, are on their last legs with Madrid. I think this will probably be their last season, in my opinion. And we'll see. I mean, Vinicius, Rodrigo, still waiting for those guys to kick on to be more consistent. I, I'm kind of curious as to what what team um, uh, Zidane is going to roll out for this one. With regard to with uh, regard to Marcelino and Athletic he likes a 442 he favors a 442 i expect the 442 that's not necessarily a formation they've been playing with a lot this season so i'm curious you know when you're kind of focusing you know for a certain style and formation and philosophy and methodology for 3 or 4 months under one manager and then all of a sudden somebody else comes in and yes you get that boost of like i get to prove myself again but now all of a sudden he maybe you're starting in different positions and maybe in different areas that you weren't comfortable with i just think that's going to take a little bit of time so i just like i said at the very beginning pretty unlucky that he had, you know, the three best teams uh, in in La Liga to to have to contend with to try to get everybody on the same page. I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle. I think they'll show moments that they're tough to break down and and maybe we'll, I think they'll get a goal. I think it'll be 2-1 Madrid. But yeah, I think this may be a little bit too much right now for Marcelino and Athletic.
1: Yeah. And just the fact that Real Madrid's next game is not even until next Wednesday in Copa del Rey when they play Alcoyano. So they'll probably Go all out for this one, especially since it's a semifinal in Supercopa. All right, exact scores. James Bench, what do you see here?
0: Yeah, 2-0 Real Madrid. Jimmy.
2: I haven't thought about it very much. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: say 2-1. I'll say 2-1. Madrid. I'll go. Uh, I'll, I'll go 3-1 Real Madrid. How about all that? Right. Marcelino right. will keep getting punished. All right. Uh, any other games for Thursday, Jimmy Conrad? I know that we still have some Coppa Italia to talk about.
2: Yeah, the one that I'm looking at in Copa Italia is Atalanta Cagliari. I think I said that right. Or I'm trying my very best. Atalanta yeah. have three straight wins, obviously have really surprisingly put this Papu Gomez situation in their rear view mirror. It seems like, all right, we're not going to have him anymore. And they just move on. Gasparini has done very good or very well, excuse me, and, and uh, getting his players to say, hey, this is, this, is, this is just part of the business and we're going to go out and do the thing. Uh, joseph illich coming back into the team has been excellent he's got one goal and three assists in his last uh three games and then you have uh uh duvan zapata has got four goals and an assist uh, in their last three games as well so they have been very very good and quietly they've scored a lot of goals again this season they have 40 so far in Serie A. that's only bettered by uh, inter milan in the league and we'll see by the end of it if they if they have it or not they, these two teams have already played each other Atalanta won five to two uh, Cagliari have given up an average of two goals a game in the league so I suspect uh, I suspect there'll be a lot of goals for Atalanta I like zapata to score again and Atalanta to win two0 two one three plus 450 I think that uh, they're printing free money on William Hill with that line because I think that's what we're going to see
1: Yeah, and the three straight wins for Atalanta, as you mentioned, means that really Gasparini is just like, enough, Uh, Papu Gomez, bye-bye, let's just keep going and rolling. And it's not like this team is just about Papu Gomez. They have a tremendous squad. And with Cagliari not really winning uh, in the last five, I believe, lost the last three as well. So it's completely different journeys that they're both going to. James Bench, anything to add with Coppa Italia? Atalanta, such a force, uh, and it seems that they have moved on, as Jimmy said, from their star creative player.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued to see where he lands because all the reports in Italy, there doesn't seem to be any clear destination there, maybe maybe into Milan. But I'm most excited to see the return of Raja Nangolan in a Cagliari shirt. I mean, this was going to be a really, this looked like it was going to be a really cool team at the start of the season. Uh, guys like Giovanni Simeone and Diego Godin, man. Like some some classic names, young and old, that you okay, sort of right. thought might have like faded from relevance. But um, I'm, you know, I just love watching Nangolan. What's not to like about a chain-smoking maniac (laughs) who uh, keeps scoring goals and has bizarre
1: hair? (laughs) Very, very good point. All right, so exact predictions
2: here, score predictions. Jimmy? I'll say 3-1 Atalanta because Cagliari does have some players that can hit the back of the net, and I think they will find a way to score. This is really it for them, right? I mean, they're they're either they're fighting relegation or or trying to win this cup competition. They don't really have much else to play for, so I think they're going to give their best effort here and put out their best team.
1: How about you, my friend James?
2: Again, I've not thought about this much, so
0: let's say 4-0 Atalanta because they're playing really well and Cagliari are not.
1: Well, you know what? When it's, it's when you think the least that sometimes the best uh, decisions come out. So I'll, I'll go with a 4 nothing as wow. well. I feel Atalanta will just keep rolling here, uh, but could be wrong to Jimmy's point. Cagliari is not exactly like a terrible team or anything. I'm sure they'll be able to hold off. It's just that their run hasn't been great. All right, Jimmy, any final games, anything else? If there aren't uh, your final words, my friend.
2: Yeah, no other games. Obviously, there's going to be a big weekend coming up. So congratulations on 100 episodes, Luis. I'm uh, very excited to be on this journey with you.
1: Well, you don't need to thank me. This is a team thing. It's thank I, know,
2: I know, I know. You're always going to say that, but I'm letting everybody know at home that it's it's all Luis, everybody. It's all Luis.
1: See, I'm going to Venmo him right now. <laughs> uh, James Benj, uh, how about you? Any final words as we say goodbye and we look ahead to your arsenal facing Crystal Palace?
0: Yeah, congratulations to everyone except Luis. He's had enough. <laughs> we don't need to make his ego anymore. Congratulations to all the people like myself and Jimmy exactly. who make this what it is.
1: Yeah, I knew he was going to... Well, it's been, congratulations, Luis. it's been great having you, Jimmy and James, on your final uh, appearance at Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, boys. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, guys. Thank you.
1: Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and James Bench for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, KGolasoPod. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you're listening or if you have a smart speaker, just say, Hey, Alexa, play the latest episode of CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. Or, Hey, Google, play the latest episode of CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. It's amazing. You could do it right now. Just grab it and say it and say it nicely. They might play it quicker. Thank you so much for listening and make sure that you stay tuned for the rest of the week. Have a great one.